0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one divine page of Talmud every day. And in today's page, well, I'm not even going to tell you what's in today's page. I'm just going to read it to you. Here it is from Ketubot 35. Have a listen. Rather, when Ravin came from Eretz Yisrael to Babylonia, he said, With regard to those who unwittingly performed a transgression, for which one is liable to receive the death penalty. Everyone agrees that they are exempt as per the derivation of the sages of the school of Chizkiah. When they disagree, it is with regard to those who unwittingly performed a transgression, for which one is liable to receive lashes, and another matter, for which he is liable to pay money. Rabbi Yochanan said that he is obligated to pay as those liable to receive the death penalty are juxtaposed to cases of monetary payment and are unconditionally exempt from payment. However, those liable to receive lashes are not juxtaposed. Therefore, in the case of one who is liable to receive lashes, unless one is actually flogged, he is obligated to pay for the damage he inflicted. Reish Lakish said, He is exempt, as the Torah explicitly included, those liable to receive lashes, like those liable to receive the death penalty, and unconditionally exempted them from payment. Now, I don't know about you, but my mother had two big dreams for me. The first is that I go to law school. The second is that I go to business school, and I failed on both counts. So today's paragraph that has to do with law and order and justice and payment kind of really went right over my head. And that's okay, because I have a secret weapon. I have a source. I have a friend and a teacher I could go to and call whenever the going gets tough. And here he is. Hello to you, Rabbi David Bishevkin.
1: Liel, what an absolute joy. And I wish our mothers could start some support group together. (laughs)
0: For kids who disappointed them
1: exactly you know like like law school business school who didn't you know embrace the dream but we're living another dream of sorts and that is the talmudic dream and there's no question about it uh we are living it uh on these pages
0: to be clear we we did go into talmud for the money just to be very clear
1: oh Absolutely, you gotta go into Tomlin for the money. This is well known, a booming industry. But this page is really at the heart of one of the most important and discussed topics in Tractate Kisubot and in really in all of the Talmud, the name of the topic that this is really a part of, which I will first say in Hebrew because it's known in Hebrew because it doesn't have a great succinct translation. And that is the topic known as Kimle Bidarabamine. Kimle meaning establish them, like the word come to stand up, to get up. Kimle Bidarabamine, establish them, establish the person with that that is greater. What is the topic that we are talking about? We are talking about the world of punishment. And there is a very interesting quirk in this world of punishment that one could imagine, and believe it or not, this has come up throughout Jewish history. God forbid somebody commits a crime. The crime is murder, and in the act of murder, in that very same action— also involves a monetary damage. And there is both a monetary claim and the claim on the person's life, so to speak, because the the act of murder was committed. This passage and this entire topic is saying that when certain crimes are committed that are so heinous and so grievous, they're so awful that we do not even contend with the monetary Payment. There is no longer any monetary responsibility, and we only consider the crime through the lens of murder. And the question is when do we have this? When do we say we're only going to look at this act, even if there were monetary damages involved, we're only going to look at it through the lens of a capital crime. Now, for sure, the Talmud takes as a given that we for sure, when you do a crime that has capital crime implications, the act of murder, the act of rape, that when you do these things, that we only contend with the singular crime of murder or adultery or one of these other major things. But what about if it's a lesser crime? So that's what this passage is talking about. That everybody agrees that if you commit an act of murder even accidentally we do not contend with the monetary damages. And the question is why? Why can't we contend? Why can't there also be monetary payments on the side? And there are many explanations given and one That I thought is really fascinating is the lens that the Rambam gives in the laws of murder. There are actually laws of murder in his great magnum opus known as the Mishneh Torah. And in the very first chapter of the laws of murder, in the fourth law, the Rambam writes as follows. The Rambam, working off of the passage that we're dealing with, that we only deal with the capital crime, even if it's by accident, you are not obligated to pay any money. Why not? Why not pay some money? So the Rambam writes that it is actually a prohibition. The Bezdin, Jewish court, should not accept any money. Why not? Even the Rambam writes, and I'm quoting it through translation, in the Rambam, the Rambam writes something astounding. V'afilu kol Even if you give all the money in the world, it is not something that we deal with in court. Why, says the Rambam? nafsho shel zeh." This soul that this person killed, shel zeh nehera kinyin hadab. It didn't belong to the person who committed this crime, that he could now have this act of repentance by paying the money off. What the Rambam seems to be saying is we do not approach these crimes as if they were civil crimes because we don't want the murderer to be confused and think that they can pay their way out of absolution for this crime. It is a road that is blocked off for him. Sometimes I think we see this in the American court system. We think that, look, you know, you pay enough money, you pay enough reparations, you can absolve yourself of this crime. What the Rambam seems to be saying based on our Gemara is that the logic of why the road towards civil repayment is blocked off is because we want to remind society itself that this was not a soul that ever belonged to you that you could somehow pay your way out of. You want to give a gift to the family? hate, Do what you want. But the court system does not allow civil repayment because this was not a soul that ever belonged to you. It belonged to God. So we do not allow, even if the murder was by accident, so you're not going to be liable for capital punishment nonetheless the role of civil repayment is not allowed in the court system as a reminder of who did this life belong to in the first place it never belonged to you that you could somehow pay your way out of it to absolve yourself of confronting and healing so to speak from the gravity of this sin
0: amen to that rabbi Bashevkin, thank you as always for being our guest
1: My absolute pleasure.
0: This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Liebowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at TakeOneDafiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic, and we will see you again soon.